Hey guys, today we have one of my dear friends, Breland. He's the new kid on the country block, and with his talent, he is going to be around for quite some time. We just finished touring together, and I'm so excited for you guys to get to know the man behind the music. Here we go. Let's talk to my friend, Breland. I don't know about you, but I definitely could use some more energy in my life. <laughs> I love an afternoon coffee pick-me-up, but recently I've been trying to switch to something called Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high-quality ingredients and less than 3 grams of sugar. They are delicious organic powders that you can simply add water, stir, and enjoy at any time for energy, nutrition, hormone balance, and peace of mind. They're a great way to jumpstart your morning, energize your afternoon, or nourish your evening. Not only does it give me a natural boost of energy, but it's also loaded with nutrients. Right now, I'm enjoying the Organifi green juice with vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. It has 11 superfoods to reset your body, plus it's 100% USDA certified organic. If you don't have time to juice, you can take this tasty green juice on the road, and it's so convenient, and it's tasty. I really like it. So check out the Organifi shop at Organifi.com. So go to Organifi.com and use code CWK for 15% off any item. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CWK. Now to Breland. Sir Breland. Sir feels right. It's almost like an honorary thing, like Elton John vibes. That's, I think, how I feel about you in the best way. (laughs) Sir Breland. It sounds good. Is in the house. Yeah. It's literally, quite here. quite literally in my house. Because this, if you don't I know am, this, yeah. this podcast studio is in my house. And literally in your house. In my house. And it's my first time being here. Well, that's it's not the last. No, I'm sure it will It be. is for sure not the last. Because we just toured together. Yes. Tomorrow is the last day. This will come out significantly later, probably, yeah. than the final show at the Ryman. Have you played a show at the Ryman? I did, one time. Okay. Uh, I was there with Dina Carter a few O-M-G. months ago. OMG. I know. She was celebrating the 25th anniversary of Did I Shave My Legs for This? And I had put out a cover of Strawberry Wine yes. on Spotify a, like a month prior, and she heard it and she loved it. So she asked me to come out and sing it with her, and I opened for her there and played a set. It was it was awesome. It was like, it, but also what was interesting about it was that it's a bunch of 90s country fans. Yeah. And obviously, like, 90s country is very different than the <laughs> than what type it is of right country now. that I make. So right. yeah. I wasn't really sure how they were going to respond to it. And I definitely was getting a lot of, like, scrunch faces at me yeah. when I first started. But by the end of my set, people were like, yeah, this is great. Yes. So I think you just have to, like, give them time to understand what they're hearing. Yep. Yeah. I think it's Stapleton who had some quote that was like, I don't understand why people say I don't like this type of music. Right. Or this person's music or whatever. He's like, it's not like people go on the internet and be like, I hate sushi. Right. I think it was, I'm I'm botching this quote, but it was good. He was like, if you don't like sushi, just don't eat it. You don't have to tell everyone you hate it. Yeah. That was a very long time ago. I read that and I'm totally getting it wrong. But I remember just being like, yeah, you know, like if you are diehard redneck country, and that's only for you. That is so fine. Yeah. But like, it doesn't mean there can't be other things. Right. We feel that passionately because Russell's very, he's very mixed. Yeah. He's very. He's, he's got different, different influences in, in a lot of yes. his music, which is why I think this tour has made so much sense for us because yeah. we both are making music that has a youthful energy about it. It's different than a lot of the stuff that you might hear uh, you know, from country music 30 years ago. In my opinion, if you ever tour Country Music Hall of Fame, which you actually have some stuff in right now, do, do you not? Yeah, I do. That is so epic. <laughs> I would be losing my mind. Like, I like want to keep Russ's like SUV out there that has 
a quarter million miles just for the moment that they're like, let's put something of yours in the hall of fame. Right. I was like, we're going to do Elvis style and we're putting a vehicle. <laughs> do it. And we shouldn't though. It really needs Maybe to go. No. It really needs to get sold for parts. That thing That's... is no good. It had goodwill in it for like yeah. a year. We didn't even know because we didn't, it doesn't work. Like, oh no. It, but we're sentimental. We toured in that. Right. I'm saving it. Maybe we just save the steering save wheel. It. Save it for Rem. When he... <laughs> oh, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be Rem's first car. <laughs> Here's your car, son. It is like, 30 what? years old. No. Uh, it's hilarious. So what What of yours is in the Hall of Fame? So they have an exhibit called the Unbroken Circle. And it's basically collaborations across generations within country music. So they yes. have Reba McIntyre and Britney Spencer. They have Leanne Womack and Lainey Wilson. And then they have me and Keith Urban from our Throwback collab. It shows like our initial text thread of how we met, uh, which is pretty dope. And oh. then uh, some of the articles of clothing and guitar pedal and stuff from the music video. I need to hear all about this text message with Keith Urban because <laughs> I can't even fathom what that's like. And what I realized, I was like, my ADD, I never finished my thought. When you tour Country Music Hall of Fame... Yeah. I distinctly remember every single, it was like Elvis Presley, Garth Brooks, Shania Twain, every single one of their like descriptions said the fan yes. base considered this too pop for the format. Yeah. And I was like, wow, as much as people think Garth Brooks is OG, he was right. too pop. Right. Shania was too pop. And mm -hmm. it, the genre should ebb and flow and move right. and grow like that. And I'm how... sure at some point FGL was too pop. And oh, then, they definitely were. You know, I it, remember but, that. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying that we experience these moments all the time. Mm -hmm. And what I think is really cool right now in country music that maybe wasn't true 30 years ago. And and this is no shade to the 90s. I just think yeah. everything evolves. We, love we, wouldn't, we would not be in the position that we were in if it weren't for all of the contributions of the 90s. artists. Right. So I just want to put that first, <laughs> yeah. put that forward first. But what I do think is cool is that we can have a Tyler Childers and a John Party and a Breland and Nelly and yes, and they can all be a part of the format yeah. and it's different flavors and whatever flavor you like, it exists. There yeah. are artists that are making great music at every intersection of whether it's country and rock or country and blues or country and you know folk bluegrass whatever whatever music you like if whether there's country in it or not there's music out there for yeah. you and so i think to your point earlier yeah you don't have to be like i don't like this type of thing you yeah. just find the thing that you do like and and support that i think energy is really important so like if i don't like something i'm not gonna force myself to keep no. listening to it or put it, energy out in being like letting everyone know that right. you hate something right, you're just right. like just don't partake. No exactly. one's asking. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, but I really need to know about this text message with <laughs> yeah. Keith Urban. So, so yeah. who texted who first? Keith texted me. How did he get your number? I need um, so many details. Yeah, so I don't even know how he got my number. I It's apparently not that hard to get my number. So <laughs> Honestly, if you're Keith Urban, I think you can yeah. get most people's I number. I think Keith can get a lot of numbers. Yeah. Um, he got my number through somebody in in town and i wasn't even living here yet so the, the context for this is this was may of 2020 i only had a song out yeah. i think at the time i literally yeah. only had my truck out so i wasn't living in nashville yet i was still living in atlanta which is where i was before i moved here and it was still pretty early in the pandemic and he texted me he was like yo <laughs> he was like, yo, DB, because, you know, my name is Daniel Breland. And yeah. He, he was like, yo, DB. And I was like, he's like, it's Keith. And then in parentheses, as in urban. Uh-uh. He did not refer to yeah. himself as that. He did. And I was like, 
is this Keith Urban? You know, like in my yeah. mind, I'm like, is this Keith this is Urban or is this like, you know, because that's the most fa- like it's like, hey, yeah, what's up? This is this is Barack as in Obama. You know, like <laughs> is, it, is it just a guy named Keith yeah. that's texting me? We right had now? a friend who Garth texted him, and he was like, hey, it's Garth. Period. No last name. Yeah. Well, he doesn't need one. He doesn't need one. And honestly, Keith probably doesn't either. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But if anything, Could I was like... Richards? Maybe. But I, I no, guess I was like, you Keith should Urban. just say, just Keith Urban then, maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I then, love... Because then I started questioning As it. in Urban yeah, was in parentheses. As in Urban. And I responded. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was like, what's up? And he was like, I'm, I you like what casual. you're doing. You're like, what? Yeah, what's no, up? No, I freaked out privately. <laughs> I freaked out privately, but I also was like, maybe this is a prank. He's like, I really like what you're doing with the fusion of genres. I'll give you a call later tonight. I was like, word. And he called me like 10 hours later and I was literally sitting by my phone all day. As like, you should. am I going to get this call? Is this a real thing? And then he called me and we talked for like an hour and just talking about music and getting to know each other. And he was like, hey man, well, I've got one more song left to make on my album before it's done and I think we should make it together. He's like, let me know whenever you're in Nashville and I was like, I'll be there in the morning. (laughs) I will drive (laughs) through the night. Yeah, I was like, I will be there in the morning and I showed up at his house at like 8 a.m. Oh. And the first thing that we did was just kind of play, we were just playing each other like things we had been working on and I had the, the hook of Throw It Back and it was one of the things that That's I played him. That's one of my him. favorite songs of yours, <laughs> by I the pl- way. I played him the hook, and I was not expecting him to vibe with that of all the things that I played. And he was like, that. He's like, I want to get on that. And I'm like, I'm seriously? Like, I yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, the, I don't know. The content feels like maybe you wouldn't want to get on it. He was like, no, I love it. I'm like, okay, great. And so I he, love that you even remotely discouraged it. I well, were, yeah, I, because I was just like, I'm like, come on. Like, I'm like, <laughs> You know, this is Mr. Blue like, Andrew really, Color himself. It, you know, like, this, is, this is Mr. Better Life. This is Mr. Days yeah. Go By. I was like, uh, what? I didn't know. So what hits he's got? Yeah, he hopped on I'm it. Such a fan. Oh, I am too. We don't like always purchase tickets to shows, like, yeah, because our lives are shows. You yeah, know, like it takes a lot. You're like, yeah, I want to go to a show on a day that I don't have a show. No, I would rather go see something else. But there are some artists that you make. We purchased for. T- tickets to him at least two or three times. Well, uh, what I really love and he's insanely talented about Keith is that it's the same thing it's the same thing that i love about y'all is that he's a real person Mm. and i was kind of expecting him to be like this super distant like yeah i don't know you just you you have an idea of what someone that has like global name recognition face recognition all the hits all the accolades you don't know if they're still going to be able to connect with people yeah on a real level it's easy for people to lose themselves it's easy for them to do it and we've probably seen it but he's not that guy no yeah and he's he showed a lot of love and shortly after his project came out and i ended up having two songs on there uh he took me to australia with him stop it and (laughs) we Stayed you just at, kicked it with Keith in kicked Australia. Kicked it with Keith in Australia. We quarantined together. <laughs> and I was really waiting over the course of that two week span for him to like slip up. I'm like, oh, he's going to mess up. Yeah. And I'm going to see him like wow. have like a moment out of character. And he never did. I'm no. like, oh, you're just a quality person. Yeah. Cool. I've heard that too. We, we've met him a couple times. And yeah. I actually don't get very starstruck. Yeah. But with Keith and Nicole, we very much so do. We like have a hard time. I mean, that is so epic. To have someone like that recognize your talent without you even asking for it. Yeah. Has to be so wild. Like that, you have you have Dirk Bentley, you have Thomas mm-hmm. Rhett. Yeah. All these like seasoned legends, living legends. I'll put Russ in the in the conversation. Well, you're I'm just saying, like, there are people whose music I was listening to before I ever came to Nashville. 
and for any of those people or for at this point a decent number of them to reach out and initiate something because i'm not a pushy person when it comes to like okay i know i want to collab with a bunch of different people and i like working with people but i also know that these things happen in the timing that they're supposed to yeah so i just i'm mostly patient but with keith and dirks and and thomas as well it's always just been they heard something or read something somewhere and they were like, let's see what happens if we yeah. get in and then we get in and we make magic. And it's also happened to me where I've gotten in with people and it's not as magical and yeah. it has nothing to do with them or me, but it's just maybe not the right time for us to put a song yeah. out. And then when it's time you for spread us them to spread them out here, you know, right? yeah, I know. you're going <laughs> to have a long career, bro. You can't just burn. I can't, through. Yeah, you can't burn through everybody. Oh, like, you're, but... bored, you're, you're taking over over half the Hall of Fame at this point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, my the acceptance that i have received from people within country music especially given the type of music that i make i didn't expect that at all and it just goes to to show how kind people are and how accepting the musicians are and that people focus on the music here and they focus on the lyric and the melody and i mean at least with with people that i'm making music with i usually connect with them as a person on like a very surface level and then we start making music and then we start to get Mm -hmm. to know each other better and by the time the song is done there's a real friendship that has formed because we have something songs are kind of like babies sometimes in a way obviously not going to make that comparison because you have an actual (laughs) child yeah well whatever but you know in terms of it's a thing that you care about and a thing that you created and when you do that with someone, you have that with them forever. Yeah. So there's actually a lot of similarities because like there's the conception, right? Of the song. Yeah. Not to, you know, over metaphor details, here, but, but yeah, yeah no, actually, <laughs> I know how that, happens. but there's the conception. And then there's in a lot of cases, the waiting, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the preparation, like right. making the nursery, you have to make it a real recording yeah. and then you get to release it into the world. And I wouldn't even say that that's, it is sort of the delivery, I guess. And then the, first birthday that yeah. is your hopeful number one yeah that you get to celebrate that the thing that you birthed mm-hmm. you know it went the distance you yeah. know like i remember his first birthday i was like we're just celebrating we kept you alive this this is yeah. for you but it's mostly for us right. like, like we, we kept, kept a you human a, infant alive for a year but like fighting for a song yeah and I, we've been i've been very intrinsically a part of that process of like it's it's a lot. It's emotional. There's a lot of people involved. There's less people involved, I guess, in having a child. <laughs> but it also takes a village in both situations. It does. It, it really does. And like, so you're about to have a song go potentially number one. Yeah. By the time this airs, it might already uh, be. P- potentially, yeah. You know, we, we don't yeah. jinx things here. But Never hey, that. I believe in you, so I don't believe in jinxes. Yeah. I think it's awesome. But you're putting your out your first debut one is coming up. Yes. We're figuring out what we want to do, but having... This song with Dirks and Hardy beers on me. Awesome. Uh, you know, it, it that song has meant so much to me because one, they wrote it separately, and then Dirks was cutting it in the studio and was flipping through the Nashville Scene magazine, saw a blurb about me. No way. Was like, "Who's this?" And I asked around, and then got my info, reached out, and was like, "Hey, like, do you what wanna... is this? Why? Why? I don't know. How, I, I don't know. Your why number is on a billboard stores. somewhere on Music Row. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't believe Russell, that. put your number on Music Row. <laughs> I don't know how that okay. ended up happening, well, but I ended up on the song. I didn't know what was going to happen with the song. Yeah. Like, you don't know that whether it's going to be single. Maybe it's just for the album. It ends up being a single. I get a chance to go out on the road with him this past summer. We play it. 
on a couple televised performances, including the CMAs, which was also my first Unbelievable. time. Unbelievable. We were there. there for that. We were losing you our minds. Were we were and screaming for you. It was and everyone else. It was just one of those it was one of those songs that turned into so much more than just a song in terms of all the people that it has introduced me to and all of the opportunities that have come about from it. I'm just like incredibly grateful to have been considered to be a part of it. Like that doesn't yeah. happen where people write a song and then just reach out to someone they've never worked with and never met before. And they're like, Hey, you should get on this. Like that's just a rare experience. Yeah, I need so. more details about this text message from, from Terrence Bentley. Like, <laughs> well, this one is also funny. He texted me. He said, do you say as in Bentley? No, in but he had his own little version of it. You know what it is? I think that it's the, the middle-aged men of country music. <laughs> just have a unique way of, of they have texting. A shtick. It's their yeah. thing. He messaged me. He said, he said, Hey, it's Dirks Bentley country singer. <laughs> They, yeah, they must. This must be an inside joke. They all have together. Maybe it is. They're all buddies. Yeah, I'm sure. Like this so, has to be like, okay, so when you text somebody, how do you say? Yeah, it? I like, don't know. I was like, dude, I know who you are. You don't <laughs> have the country singer part was redundant. This is not Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm like, I've been to your bar. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I was really, really blessed to be able to be a part of that song and to see where it's gone and has opened up some doors at radio that now we feel more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. taking a song to radio and I don't know what that timeline would have looked like yeah. if it weren't for that song but now it's like okay well you're a part of a song that is top five at country radio you should probably put something out yes. when that is done so I'm so excited. we're figuring it out but it's exciting I, I'm excited for you too because I feel like one of Russ's greatest asset was his personality and yeah. you are so you remind me so much of each other just yeah. like you're I say over the topness in how friendly you are, but not in a negative sense. Like you yeah. just like when you see somebody, you actually care about them. Yeah. And you let them know like it's you don't act too cool. Neither of you do. And like, I think that goes really far with radio. Like we yeah. genuinely love going to radio hangs like oh, love me too. it. I, I like meeting people. And so. there's there's artists who don't, you know, and and I won't say remind me of because you are your own person. But y'all's energy on stage like, I've never met someone, in my opinion, I'm the most biased, obviously, <laughs> of someone who can, like, hold a candle to Russell's vibe on stage. And He's got you, a lot of energy on stage. I remember when he told me, he was like, I'm, I want to take Breland on tour. And I said, honey, you know he's going to give you a run for your money. <laughs> and, he, and he said, bring it on. Yeah. Well, and he was like, I, he's like, I want that. Yeah. I, I want to thrive off someone else bringing the heat, bringing the energy. And, like, you freaking do like i'm so thank you guys watching both. you like on this tour thrive has been such an honor for us like in a dream like we it was a long shot we're like there's no way we're gonna get free oh, like, dude, I, it was a it was a no-brainer for me oh. i i mean i had never seen a rush show you know at the time yeah. that he asked but multiple people had told me oh that that's nice bring, yeah i mean you know but multiple people had told me hey he brings crazy energy to the stage and he puts on a heck of a show and I'm still new to performing, but I was like, well, it that's... does not show, oh but I was like, this is going to be an opportunity for me to, to really do that because I knew that the audience was going to be a little younger. I knew that they would have a better understanding of what it is yeah. that I do. So being able to come out on that first night and it was, you know, it was New York. I'm from Jersey. So like, I just felt very comfortable. I played New York before Boston. Then the yeah. next show I'd played Boston. And from there we were off to the races, but I've never played in a venue like that and 
played a show in that capacity. So I, it was just a lot of learning experiences on this tour. And the fact that you guys opened that opportunity up to me and then also made it so seamless and easy while we were on the road. It you, was, were, you were on that hustle. You I were on that grind. Could, I wish we proud. could have done like 30 more days. I know it. This is not enough. I do. We're going to have to figure out another way to do it. Maybe, I don't know. I know. We might revisit in the fall. London or something. Around. We'll figure, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Cause I like it. C to C. Wait, and that's I don't know. the thing. We got a whole career ahead of us yeah i was gonna say we'll be here for we a got while. a long you know yeah. a long ride at some I believe point when, got a when, long ride. when russ is doing what tim mcgraw is doing then i'll open for him <laughs> when we're doing like arenas and stuff hey How about that? dreamer dream it and sign us up don't dare the dickersons to dream we will dream oh, no, all we're, day we're all dreamers we're all dreamers out here yeah it is not too late to set yourself up for a better and brighter year. Everlywell can help you give yourself more clarity, confidence, and well-being with over 30 at-home lab tests. Everlywell at-home lab tests give you physician-reviewed results and personalized insights so you can take action on your health and wellness, all at an affordable and transparent cost. Over 1 million people have already trusted Everlywell with their at-home lab testing. You're able to choose from the tests that make the most sense for you. Food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, and thyroid are just a few of the options. Everlywell will ship your at-home lab test straight to you with everything needed for a sample collection. Using the prepaid shipping label, you'll be able to mail your test back to the certified lab. Within days, your physician-reviewed results and actionable insights will be sent to your device. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide your next steps. And for listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash cwk. That's everlywell.com slash cwk for 20% off your at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash CWK. Now back to Breland. I, okay, when you first told me the story of how you moved to Nashville and mm-hmm. your journey mm-hmm. is actually when I asked you to come be on the podcast because I was like, will you please tell this story? Yeah. Have you ever told this story publicly? I may have. Not sure. It's a, it's not a story that's a secret. Yeah, no, no, no. I also don't know if I've told yeah, it publicly or yeah. not. But yeah, so I was a songwriter in Atlanta for a few years before moving here and I was working with a producer that I met while I was in college who ultimately is the reason why I moved to Atlanta to work more closely with him and he was adamant that I was not an artist he was like you are a songwriter only he's like you don't have it deep breaths Uh, yeah and I'm so sorry he's won a few Grammys and has had some success over the course of his career that it made sense to me to believe him. I moved to town. I was working a day job. I would get up at 7 a.m., go to work from 8.30 to 6, corporate vibes in Atlanta, suit and tie. I need and pictures, then, picture evidence. <laughs> oh, there's, there's photo evidence. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I would go to the studio, go to his house and work from like 6.30 to 3 at least. At night, because I'm like, I know I need to be able to put in eight hours a day or more on music if I want to eventually be able to do it full time. So I was just grinding, doing, you know, and ultimately that's like a 20 hour day. So I would sleep for three or four hours a night and then get back up Atlanta traffic, which I'm sure you know is insane. Oh my gosh. And would just do that for a whole year until eventually I was like, all right, something's got to give because I'm falling asleep at work and I'm falling asleep in the studio and I'm not getting great work done in Mm -hmm. either capacity. So I started getting creative with what I could do to make money in music 
to be able to do music full time. So I started giving voice lessons to people over FaceTime and charging them like 50 bucks an hour. Yes, you did. And then also would... which which you're above qualified to do. You're one of yeah. the most talented uh, vocalists. No, truly. Like it's not like he was scamming people here. I just <laughs> no, want to make no, that clear. I, and, I will, and I will say that all of them Im- made serious improvements <laughs> yes. vocally. Like it, it, and that was something that I and got how, a lot so of So how from. many people are going to be like, "Yo, Breland was my voice teacher." I mean, at how least 20 did? people probably. Yes. Maybe they're listening today. Congrats, and maybe guys. They are. Hey, if you guys hear You it, got mentored by shout out to a you guys. brilliant musician. It, it's funny yeah. because every now and then I'll get a message now from someone who's like, Hey, are you still giving lessons? And I'm like, <laughs> You're like, and I'm like no. no, but you know, it was, it was a chapter. It was a chapter in my life that, you know, you get, you, and you know this, you get creative when yes. you're like, okay, when I have to broke. eat. Yeah. When you're yeah. broke and you have a dream to be able to do something. And I just knew that if I could be doing music in some capacity full time that it would open me up to more opportunities because going to an office for nine hours a day didn't really suit me. What kind of corporate? Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, you're good. It was the worst kind. Business to business. Sales. Oh. So like mergers and acquisitions. Not even that, but like (laughs) our company. So let's just say that like a company is trying to move operations into a new country and they then need all of their business operations translated and or interpreted. Oh. We had packages both technologically and like thousands of interpreters on staff that we would sell people these packages, sell companies these packages to be able to move their businesses abroad. Oh wow. And I had to reach out to hundreds of companies a day to see if that was something that any of them were into. And I would put you, them. I'd put you in that position. It seemed like so, something that personality wise, yeah. I would be able to do, but it just, it, well, the no, problem it's not is what you're called yeah, to do. That, yeah. The, no. Ultimately, if you're doing something, even if it fits your skill set, if it's not what you're supposed to be doing, you will not yes, thrive. There are careers and there are callings. Yes. They're I'm not sure the same. I could have done that for longer, but yeah. I got out when I felt like I needed to get out. But that music grind of just doing music full time without the paycheck of having the job yeah. was its own struggle. And there was a good year and a half of me doing that. Like, what's the solution? Like something's got to give. Cause this is, this is hard. Yeah. And so I hadn't been to church in a while and I grew up in church and my parents are both ministers. And I was like, you know what, let me just visit this church nearby. I knew a bunch of young people in music had had gone there and and recommended it as a spot and i was like let me just check it out and there was probably about 500 people in this building i was sitting in the back because i got there a little late and i was just like let me just feel it out with a coffee or without a coffee no coffee in my hand (laughs) (laughs) i'm always a little bit late with the coffee coffee is is makes sense for caught red-handed very literally well hot Hot handed, hot handed, whatever. Yeah, whatever. We'll with you. We'll workshop it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But I, I'm just sitting in the back casually, and the pastor kind of takes a break before he gets into his sermon, and he points at me, and he's like, "You in the back," and I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Not me," you know. He's like, "You," and I'm like, "Oh gosh, he's looking at me." I'm like, "What did I do?" And he's like, "God wanted me to tell you." And I'm like, oh, oh boy, you know, cause like, <laughs> I, I believe in prophecy, but I also know that there are a lot of false prophets mm-hmm. in the world. So I'm, As everyone should I feel. am generally very skeptical and discerning when people start saying things that God is telling them as everyone should, be. as everyone should be. So I'm like, all right, he's like, 
God wanted me to tell you that you have a gift. And I'm like, everybody's got a gift. <laughs> you know, I like, see right through yeah, you. Yeah, like everyone has a gift. And then he's like, you have a musical gift and you have been waiting in the wings for a long time. At this point, I'm floored. I'm like, what's going on? Wow. He's like, God wanted me to tell you that he is about to elevate you into a position that is going to baffle your enemies. And he's doing so because your story and your testimony are going to bring people to him. I am covered in chills, shaking my head. I know none of you can see me. <laughs> I mean, I've already heard this story and it's yeah. still so moving to me. And I lost it. I was in tears. I called my parents after the sermon. I'm like, what does this mean? This is what he said. And they're like, it means that you need to get ready because things are, are going to change. About to go down. And a few months later, I wrote my truck and put it out as an artist against the advice of the producer that I had been working with. Wow. And it turned out to be a hit and opened the door up for me to be able to <laughs> work with Keith and all these different yeah. people. And, and Sam and, Hunt just casually, Hunt did he text you too? <laughs> no, that one, he had heard the song because okay. it was kind of going viral on TikTok and, yeah. and he came across it and wanted to jump on. <laughs> so my first time coming to Nashville was to do that remix with Sam yeah. and we hung out for three days and yeah. he introduced me to a bunch of his friends and we're still in the same friend group. So yeah. all, all of my close friends. That's where we that's met. where we met was at his 4th yes, of July party. His 4th of July party. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people that I've met, that. I met through him either that weekend or previous, or, you know, weekends afterwards. You know, he's just he's been a great, a great yeah. friend and, and yeah. buddy to me and someone that I can play music for and ask questions. And I like people. Yeah, that he was such a pioneer in this space. For sure. I, I like meeting people in the industry that I can have real conversations with because I, as I'm sure you are given where you're what you're doing right now <laughs> yeah. i have a lot of questions you know yeah. i'm very inquisitive and i've never done any of this before so even just upstairs i'm talking to russ i'm like played him these two songs i'm like yeah. we're trying to figure out what to take to country radio what should we do yeah. you know and and not that everyone always has the answers but i'm gonna take his answer better than say my friends from home who have no idea how any yeah. of this works right you know and as as an artist who's been doing this and has had several number ones i respect his opinion and That's very sweet you know so there there he's, he's the same way he's very like a sit down demo night is like our favorite kind of night. So that's going to be mm -hmm. our, we're going to cook together. We're going to hang out Yeah, and just play song. I mean, that's our favorite kind of night. It's a great night. You said something earlier that I'm really interested in. You said that you come into a writer's room and you have like a connection, mm -hmm. but when you write, you feel more connected. And, yeah. and then we went down the pregnancy tangent. Yes, we did. We went down that rabbit hole, but do you think you're more vulnerable writing than you are just conversationally because i would say you're incredibly vulnerable and yeah. open but is there something about writing that makes you go to a different place with people do you think i think when you're just talking to someone in regular everyday life there is a level of connection that you have as people but when you can connect with someone over the thing that you both mutually love, mm. then there's a deeper understanding. Yeah. And when you realize that you are compatible in that capacity as yeah. well. So I think when I, it's not necessarily that I'm more vulnerable or less vulnerable in either situation. Yeah. It's just that it creates a space where we can see each other on a different level and in a different light. Yeah. We need, well, first of all, you and Russ have never written. 
we've never written, which is good. Well, I <laughs> yeah, think we've because... played a bunch of shows now and hung out, but <laughs> well, I think it's because we expected we're like, oh, we're touring. It'll happen then for yeah. sure. But like the travel was crazy. There was like yeah, a bunch snow of shows days got moved, and, and you were flying in and out of place. It was right. ended up being crazy, but. I think, we are going to write. Well, that's yeah, for sure that's going to happen. I already have certain concepts in my phone, and I'm not a big concepts person. I'm mm-hmm. really a melody first person, but I have some concepts in my phone that I'm saving for when I write with him. Because now that's I know so nice. a little bit about him and yeah. and y'all and your story yeah. a little bit that I wouldn't just want to like... Yeah, wing it or like come with something that <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't. could, I could and I'm sure we probably will also come up. I'm sure we probably will, but I, I have, yeah. I don't usually go into rights with people that I don't that haven't written with before because usually I don't know them yeah. with concepts in mind because I don't know whether it's gonna land. Yeah. But in this situation, I'm like, I know enough about him and have now heard enough of his music and heard enough of his music live yeah. to know kind of what will work. So if anything, now our right will be way more productive than it would have been before yes. the tour because I have more information. I think something that a lot of artists don't process is that in which Russell does and you do, your songs become your live show. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of artists just write songs because it's a good song, release it, or it's like cathartic, let's, yeah. you know, and after time, every single hit you have becomes your show. So if right. they're all sad songs, breakup songs, whatever, right. the vibe of your show is set mm-hmm. based on what you write. And I think there's a lot of artists who don't process that. Right. And rightfully so. I don't think I would have, it's- but it like true showmen like you and Russ really think about that like when you're writing you're like i hear how they're gonna sing this back yeah and i see that this is a good place for them to put their hands up or i see they're gonna like Mm -hmm. turn the frick up when we do this you know yeah there are things that and these are new to me though because the pandemic hit shortly after i had i only had a song out and i never had a chance to perform it before the pandemic hit so then i didn't get a chance to perform until a year and a half after i had signed my deal and the song was already platinum and that is literally wild so by the time i played my first show i had more music out yeah. which helped because then i was able to try and test it but i yeah. had never played a show as an artist in any capacity so i didn't know any of that stuff. And very quickly I started realizing even just studying like Dirk set and seeing how his fans respond to things like there is certain songs have a certain energy and you can tell what's going to work live and what doesn't. And so I started whittling songs of mine that I like as songs to listen to. I started just whittling them out of my live set because I'm like, I don't think this serves me in Mm. this space. And then I started making more music with that in mind in the newest batch of songs that I have out, like praise the Lord is one that I've been performing for uh, since a personal I, favorite know? of yeah, mine I've for been, obvious I've, reasons. I've like, been, yeah. praise the Lord. Yeah. Let's go. I've been playing praise the Lord in my live show since May when I started playing shows and I knew off rip. I'm like, this is one that people respond to yeah. even though they've never heard it before. And now that it's out, and I've had the chance to perform it a couple times since it's been out. People are learning it faster. It's high energy. And I'm like, great. This is this yes. is fantastic. Did you write it with Tom Surratt? I did not. It was one that I wrote with my buddies, Rocky Block and Jacob Durrett. And then Thomas Surratt texts you. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I knew that I wanted Thomas to get on it yeah, because yeah. it just has a vibe that I think he was suited for. So you text Thomas. I didn't, I couldn't get in touch with Thomas, but I knew someone who knew his producer 
Yeah, okay. And so I was able to get it to him. And then Thomas messaged me and was like, Oh, hey. so he slid into your DMs. He did. Literally, he messaged <laughs> this me on so Instagram. This is so telling. There's like the 40-year-olds who yeah. <laughs> send text messages. Yeah. Thomas hit me on With a on quote Instagram. that they have saved in their notes that they copy and paste to strangers that they text on the regular. And then Thomas DMs you. He DMs me. And was like, hey, I, I got this demo of yours. I think this is amazing. I'd love to try a verse on it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it worked. I was like, it worked. It, it, worked, worked. it worked. So I was like, yes, I'm down. Wow. Let's do it. And he he laid his verse down. It took us a little while to actually get the song out, like probably like 10 months, because he had just put out an album and then had different yeah. features and singles coming. So trying to get into that schedule, but also the fact that we were able to, and this is how I know that God is over all of this, is that one, we spent some time on the lyric of the song because in, for a while it was, I might get drunk on Saturday, but first thing Sunday morning, I praise the Lord. And we talked about it and he was like, I just don't know if that's the thing that we say. And so yeah. we changed it to, I might turn up on Saturday, yeah. but first thing Sunday morning, I praise the Lord. And he was like, I, and, and, you know, yes, I think this I, is a very Thomas Rhett conversation. A, you know, and, you, and you know, but he was <laughs> like, in my spirit, mm -hmm. I feel like we should change this word. And I completely agree. And, yeah. and y'all did the right thing. I, I thought about it and I was like, I'm like, dude, you know, but I'm like, I've, 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 been playing this song yeah. live i'm like I, there's a snippet of it on tiktok a couple million people have already yeah. heard it i'm like what are we gonna do he's like and buckle up bro it's about to be like 40 million i know he yeah. was like he was like this is just how i feel and i'm like yeah. i trust i trust your yeah. gut and i trust the spirit so i'm in and we changed the line and it came out and i think it was the right call and that conversation we were able to connect on on that level yeah. because you know, like yes. you could you could have a song out with somebody and never have the real conversations with them. And he wasn't afraid to have the real conversations. And ultimately it was to the benefit of the song. Yeah. And I think that's such a good example for you as a young artist too. like he stands by his convictions. Yeah. Always has. Always will. Yeah. So unwavering. Mm -hmm. And like you can do that and be successful. Yeah. And I think. And you can be a Christian in this industry and be successful, right. which not everyone is. Now, every industry at, is as welcoming to that. Yeah. We all hope it all is, but it really... The music industry, the secular music industry, isn't really yeah. built for people of faith. Yeah. And I think Thomas, as you're saying, is a great example of how to do that effectively. Yeah. It's not like his music is lame or like it feels yeah, like it's no. like super censored, but no. he has figured out a way to do what he does without compromising on the things that are important to him and the things that he believes. And that is, these are all lessons. I learn lessons yeah. from people, whether they know that they're You're teaching them observant. to me or not. Yeah. Very observant. And that was a, a lesson that I learned recently. <laughs> yes. know? And now yes. I'm like, okay, cool. So I started going through some of my other songs and I'm like, all right, you know, for the unreleased stuff, I'm like, what what can we change? Is there anything mm -hmm. in here that maybe another writer was like, we should say this that I wasn't sure about? Like, let good me make sure you. that I feel good about all of the things that are being said in these songs. And wow. I probably wouldn't have even thought to do that if it weren't for that conversation and the way that that song came out. Wow, I'm so proud of you. That's a very hard thing to do. 
Okay, let's be honest, we all love a good hair day, and that is why I like using products with ingredients that are good for my hair. Function of Beauty makes hair care products that are 100% customizable, made for your hair where it's at now and where you want it to go. I personally have been using it for several months and telling all of my friends how much I love it, and now I'm telling you guys. Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care that creates individually filled shampoos, conditioners, styling, and treatment formulas based on the needs of your hair. Each product is individually designed to be as unique as you are. Function of Beauty offers over 54 trillion possible formulations. It's amazing. Every one of them is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. You can also go completely silicone-free. Here's how it works. First, take a quick hair quiz to build your hair profile and select five hair goals, like lengthen, strengthen, and color protection were some of the ones that I chose. Then, does your hair change as the seasons change? Function formulations are meant to be changed when your needs change. Next, choose your color and fragrance. I did dye-free, but I chose a natural fragrance. Then, get your freshly filled formula delivered straight to your door and prepare your hair for good days ahead. I personally am loving it. I hope y'all do too. So say goodbye to generic hair care for good today. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash CWK to take your hair quiz goals and you'll save 25% on your first order. So go to functionofbeauty.com slash CWK to let them know that you heard about it from our show to get 25% off your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash CWK to take your hair quiz and save 25% on your first order. Now back to my friend. It's hard to stand up for yourself sometimes in that room. And as you should know, like you're the artist, right? Yeah. And you can be among the most bluebird famous Grammy winning songwriters and they may want to say something one way, but you're the one who sings it every night. True. And it has to be true to you because they're not the one up there saying it like it's a representation of them. Yeah. But it is a representation of you. And, and we've always been pretty critical of not in an over Christian sense of what he says in his songs, but in a, like our, I have 14 nieces and nephews right? who sing every word to his songs. Mm-hmm. And so we think of that, like when he right. comes home with a song that has like a cuss word in it, which he has one that I think he's still releasing, which I still approve. But <laughs> we think about that. I'm yeah. like, they're going to sing it. Our son's going to sing this right. at a live show. Like he doesn't necessarily know. It's just like the foresight to be like, this is bigger than yeah. this moment. And like your future children, your, mm-hmm. your nieces and nephews, like yeah. they're going to sing. They're going to sing songs. these songs. And, you know, I think about that sometimes even with a song like my truck, you know, the, the chorus says you can smoke my blunt. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. It and, is <laughs> you know, and I don't regret having said it. I think yeah. that was part of what made that song saucy for some people. Right. But I do wonder if maybe we could have had a, a clean version yeah. that took some of the language out because there are kids who are like, you can smoke <laughs> my blunt. And I'm like, I don't know if they should say that. And this is not to make you, you feel know? bad, but my nieces were the ones who showed me that song. <laughs> you know, and that's what happened. <laughs> They're like, have you heard the song? So shout out to Brooke. She yeah. <laughs> showed me this song and she was like in high school. Yeah. And she's like, have you heard this song yet? And this was a while ago. This yeah, is yeah. like, it was brand probably. new. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, no, but this is a jam. And yeah. you think about yeah. that kind of thing. And like, especially since that man, he was like, your testimony. Right. Is going to be the thing. Like right. when he said that, was there like a story specifically? You're like, yeah, this is my testimony or is it going to be your your overall like calling coming to fruition and telling this story. I think a lot of it is, is done when I get to have opportunities to speak 
you know, I think part of it is that, but I also think a big part of it is the music. And I think another part of it is the way that I carry myself yeah, in the world. It is. All of that stuff matters. And I think all of those things, God is smarter than me. All right. So <laughs> God could find yes, any little thing that I do that I might not think I'm doing this to like it, within the framework of trying to get people to to find God through, but he will find a way for yeah. them to find him in it. So could literally be a conversation that I'm having. It could be a line in a song. It could just be an interaction that I have mm-hmm. with a fan randomly. You just never know. Uh, but I definitely do also think musically, I had the chance out in, in London and we were both out there for C to C. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had the chance to sing for the same crowd of people multiple days in a row. And by the end of that trip, I had formed a lot of really strong supporters in a country that I had never played in before. And the song that really got them all the most excited out of everything was cross country, which is literally my story. And People have messaged me. There was a dude who was at the show who I never actually met, but he was just there. And he told me that that song and the story that I told with that song inspired him to quit his job and pursue the thing that he wanted to pursue. And there's God in that. Yes. You know, and I think that to me is why I'm in the position that I'm in. And I try not to lose sight of that because I know that. I couldn't have done this by myself. I'm not here by accident. I'm not here because I'm a talented person. I'm here because God saw it fit for me to have this platform. And there is a calling on my life that I'm trying to live up to. And so when things like that happen, it's confirmation. Yes. And amen. And I, I feel like it's almost like when God does it, you're so aware of how inadequate you were and like how much you didn't do to deserve it. Like (laughs) you're like, I literally cannot even explain to you how to do this. Like so many people will be like, my husband or my boyfriend's an artist. Like how did, what's the path? What's the Everyone's path is different. Well, everyone's path is different, but also I can't ask God to elevate you. That's true. And I always say when it's for you and not for God. And like, you can be like, it's for God. So that he, like he knows the motive of your heart, right? You can say something's for God all day. And if it ain't, he knows, Yeah. but you cannot like place a calling on someone, you know, and and not saying, and I want to emphasize no calling is greater than another. Like there's, there's, there's higher responsibility. You could be a, a, a doctor. You could be a custodian, what it, I mean, literally how you like, treat people and take care of people. And we're always pointing to something. Yeah. And if you're pointing to yourself, that ain't the spot. Right. Like I have nothing to offer yeah. any of these people. I know how limited my resources are just for myself, let alone other people. Yeah. Like, I think that like when God calls someone, he equips them. Right. And like what you're doing, you know, I'm rabbit trailing here, but what you're doing also, and I just want to encourage you in this is. Like when David played for Saul, Mm -hmm. he was healed. Yeah. It doesn't say he sang worship songs over Saul. He played like the harp or the lyre or whatever he played. He just played. He was playing bops. Yeah. He was playing jazz. (laughs) He had hits. (laughs) He was playing my truck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At the palace. (laughs) There was no blunt involved. No blunts involved. (laughs) No, but like he played and he was healed. Music And we believe that every, and you have to like put your faith behind that too. Like every night when Russ goes out, he believes that there is someone out there that can be healed just from music. 
I believe that too. Yes. And no you, wonder. And you have to. No wonder. Yes, you, you have, have to. You have to believe that because because it's true. There are songs that have helped me through really hard times. Yes. And sometimes it's the deeply emotional ones where I'm like, oh, this story. And sometimes it's literally just this song makes me want to dance. Yeah. It's, it's about time for a drink. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. though, I mean, there are certain songs yeah. that like. You know, I don't know whether or not everyone that listens to praise the Lord is then going to go praise the Lord. Some yeah, but I watch listen, people turn up know, to yeah. that song. It's but amazing. I think the fact that it makes people want to move and makes them want to dance, that is a thing that God has ordained for yes. people. Like, And to, that's actually how worship's supposed to be. It is you know, not like, supposed to be this little hymnal thing. It, it, no offense. Yeah. I love that. But like when people praise the Lord. It's not limited to that. It not, yes, there you go. There great is, word. Yeah. Great verbiage. It is, it's like when people praise the Lord in like scripture, they yeah. were dancing and acting a fool. Yeah. David I was, was say, naked. He literally danced himself out of his clothes, yes, which I'm like, must have been some loose fitting clothes. But like, also, like, <laughs> you are not allowed to dance yourselves out yeah, of your clothes tomorrow not at dance the Ryman. ourselves out of our clothes at the mother church tomorrow. But, you know, I, I do think that there are certain things, music and dance and yeah. human connection that are things that God has given us to make our experience on earth more bearable and more pleasant. Yes, And wow. I think whatever it is that we do, whether it's public facing like music or whatever it is that we do, we, and even if it's not our, our profession so-called, right? right? Like, right. I, I don't know if my parents profession is their calling mm. but their calling is their calling mm. you know like mm. my mom works in education and my dad is a judge i'm sure that is a part of their calling yeah. but they also do marriage ministry and they also lead worship at church and they also do a yeah. lot of other things that i think the entirety of that is their calling so even if the day job that you have That's so isn't good. your calling yeah. that doesn't mean that you aren't walking in your calling yes. it just means that you have a job that serves a means to an end and allows you to maybe do something yeah. that is a part of your calling but you know i don't know if if it has to always be your profession. Yeah, that's so true. You know? That is such a good clarification. I'm glad you said that. Sometimes like, someone's calling could literally just be being a great parent. Yes. And I don't make money doing that. No. <laughs> oh, wouldn't sure that be something? Don't. <laughs> wouldn't it? I, rem no. I saw some like stat that was like, if a stay-at-home mom had a salary, it would be like, I remember it was like oh, $200,000. Like you the hours. You would make crazy money. You would make crazy money. But hey. You know, I, I, I say that to say, you know, because yeah. I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast, listen to it with, you know, they want to know some of these things or want to yeah. hear the perspective of the people who come on. And my perspective is that everyone has a calling and that if you are trying to do things and pursue things that are not a part of your calling, it's going to be laborious. It is yes. going to be hard. It is going to exhaust you. But that when you are doing things that are in your calling, they're going to give you energy, even if they're hard, yeah. they're going to give you energy and life and life. Yeah. And they're going to give you joy. And there's a difference between joy and happiness, right? Like happiness is temporary. There are a lot of things that we can do that are certainly not a part of our calling yeah. that might make us happy, but there are only certain things that give us joy. And I believe that true joy can only be derived from the things that God has ordained for us to be able to enjoy. If I could drop this mic harder, I would. <laughs> Please don't, because oh, you might turn it oh off. And then, we're gonna, <laughs> and then we'd have to redo this. Then we'd have to redo it. Breland. Yeah. Daniel. Breland. <laughs> so I just didn't know everyone was allowed to call you Daniel. The first time well, I met you. They don't. 
and, and they probably shouldn't. But, but you, 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 you said it permission. on here. No, I said no. It's not a secret. I it's, know. I know. It's, you have permission to call me Daniel. Well, that is one of the highest honors yeah. of my life. The, the reason that I go by Breland is deep. Oh, tell us. <laughs> but don't tempt me with a deep look, combo. I'm just look, yeah, and and Daniel. also I'm, look, and 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 I'll you know there are people in my day to day life who call me Daniel, and there are also people in my day to day life who call me Breland. But the reason why I go by Breland publicly is because my family, uh, uh, you know, the Breland family has been through some some really tough times. Mm-hmm. It's a name that we got through slavery. And since then, everyone in with that name, at least in my family, has either been in chains, in prison, in poverty, or in debt. And I'm the first person who none of those things apply. Wow. And so I feel like there was an opportunity to undo some generational curses and to bring some positivity about the name and make the name stand for something different than why we were given it. So you're going to make me cry. Over don't here. don't cry. But I'm just saying publicly, that is why I, that why I chose to go by my last name. And I think it's fitting. Uh, but also there's power in the first name and why my yeah. parents gave me that name. So there's no shame. Oh, in, we, in, we're wrestling some lines and some dens. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, with I mean, it. Daniel yeah. is a powerful name. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, it's also the, the meaning of Daniel is that, you know, God will be the judge. And I feel like God is. Ooh the judge over my life and that I would not be able to do any of these things professionally. Uh, if it were not for back to the prophecy that we got, I I know what, what this is ultimately about. And I don't have to talk about that on a daily basis, but I will, I will trust that God will use me as he sees fit. And sometimes it might literally just be the way that I carry myself. Yes. That's what I was going to say. I was like, you, it is in how you carry yourself. It is in how, I mean, we've seen you after you've driven all night, flown in the morning, drove all day (laughs) and you're never not this person, which is, that's a gift. And, and I'm just so proud of who you are and how you carry yourself. And I love that, that I didn't know that Daniel meant God will be the judge. Like what a, freeing thing in a world where everyone feels like they get to judge you and have a say yeah on anything you do and like the fact that that's the banner over your life i hope you feel the freedom in that to not care yeah to the left to the right whatever they are saying it doesn't matter it doesn't and it doesn't matter for any of us but i love i love that that was destined for you you know we are all called to do something with our lives that makes our community and environment better yeah you know and i think that you do that with this and i think you do that even outside of this i think you do that within the context of your marriage i think you do that as a parent but i also think you do that for all of the people that you meet and some of these people come to these shows and want to meet you you know and (laughs) which still blows my mind which is it's it's a wild concept you know for me to accept about myself as well but you have the same thing that you're talking to me about and it is so clear and it was so clear when we met, you know, and that for us to have been able to get a chance to know each other better over the course of this tour and, and, you know, to become friends and have a, have a friendship with, with you, me and Russ, it's, I don't take that for granted. And I'm incredibly grateful to be able to call you a friend and for you to be someone that keeps it real with me. That is the thing that I value in the people in my life and the thing that I pray for. I'm like, I want 
people in my life who are going to hold me accountable. I want people in my life who are going to keep it real. I want people in life who know the right ways to encourage me. And I feel like you and Russ both do that really effectively. Uh, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful. That's it's all. It's so beyond mutual, like beyond, like we're so honored to call you a friend and cheer you on. We'll cheer you on forever and ever and we're so honored that we got you on tour i'm so honored you came to be on my podcast Come on. I, I was, was like maybe no this will happen on the road of course it didn't you no, know it did not happen just on the, the night before the rhyming it's fine it's hey, you know but here great. we are i love you so much i'm so freaking proud of you i know russ is thank you for being here and just blessing the socks off of my people who listen to this we look up to you even though you somehow look up to us and yeah we you, appreciate well you. I, everyone looks up to russ he's like yeah, he's, yeah he's he's a giant <laughs> I, i'm like he is buddy the elf it's fine yeah thank you so much for having me and, and thanks to everybody listening yes. for, for making this show uh, a viable place to come and share the truth oh that is so nice oh you're the best All thanks right, for listening everyone until next time talk to you later Next week, we have one of my longest friendships in Nashville, Miss Sky Reedy. We met at audition day at college, and we have been friends for a very long time. She was my roommate right before Russ and I got married, and we've seen a lot of life together. I can't wait for you to get to know my wonderful and wise friend, Sky. See you next week.